Hi, everybody. I have an exciting guest today on Happy Being Well's podcast, uh, which we're located on Apple iTunes and Spotify. So if you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe and share it out with your friends and family because sharing is caring. We're all about self-care and self-love on the Happy Being Well podcast. So today's guest is Rose, and she is all about self-love and self-care. And I can tell you she knows what she's talking about. I met Rose on Clubhouse in my club, Mind Shift for Life Shift, which we run our rooms every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. But before we dive deep, into this exciting podcast today, which I'm super grateful we have a guest that specializes in self-love and self-care, we're going to hear a message from our sponsor, which is happybeingwell.com, your online store for activewear, leggings, crystals, organic facial masks, organic soaps, candles, and all of your rest of your self-care goodies. And remember to subscribe to Happy Being Well's email newsletter to get 10% off all self-care products, including free shipping on all items within the USA. All right, I'm excited. So Rose, so how did you become, like why are like, why self-love? Like how did you become the self-love advocate? Tell us how you got started on your journey and why, and then why it's so important to practice self-love. So um, initially the journey wasn't a self-love journey. I was just um, a human being trying to discover life. And because I was left on my own, I didn't really know a lot of things. So I rely on a lot a lot on the internet so like at the time yahoo was like my mother my father everything that's where i asked all my questions but as i was learning life um i was confused right like i couldn't figure out why people believed in god and recite the bible to you but no one seemed to actually follow through and i'm a very logical person so if i say it i mean it if i mean it i say it so it was very confusing for me to understand the world so i started realizing that human beings we're not always very consistent with who we are, but through through my life, I've gone through a lot of difficult situations, like being sexually, emotionally, spiritually abused, um, being told that I'm not good enough, I'm not this, I'm not that. So I just knew that I wasn't a good person. So when things happened to me, I just figured, you know, look at me, I was adopted. Probably my mom didn't want me. My adopted mother keeps telling me all the things that are wrong with me. So it made sense somehow for me to think, yeah, it's probably because, you know, something is wrong with me. And obviously in my mind, I was like, yeah, there's no God. There's no way there's a God. And he let me be alive because I was like, well, since I'm so effed up, why am I alive? Like, what am I doing here? So um, the very first time I tried to commit suicide, I was nine years old living with my adoptive mother. I noticed that she was so loving with her grandson and she always take care of him. And he had asthma. So I noticed that she take care of him. So I thought, okay, maybe if I'm sick, she'll take care of me. So I took bleach and I mixed it with soap and I drank it because I wanted to be sick. I figured if I get sick, she'll take care of me. This is very funny because nothing happened nothing not even a headache not a stomach it's nothing <laughs> i was so upset but throughout my journey when uh you know i became a teenager you know you date 
people who are toxic and you probably have toxic traits too, which you don't know. When you don't know, you don't know. You know, you, I would associate with friends who took advantage of me. And part of it is that my personality is really serving. I love serving others and it's always been part of me since I was a child. So I would choose friends that needed me because I was so used to taking care of others. I would choose friends who needed me. So I would personally target them. If I saw them and it felt like I could help them in any way, shape or form, I would want to be friends with them. But also being an independent person, regardless of what's happening, I never asked for help. So even if I needed help, they would have not known. But the few times that I was desperate enough and I needed help, they weren't there for me. It didn't click right away that I was being taken advantage of. They accepted me and that was good enough for me because my family told me that because I'm such a terrible person, I will never have friends. No one will ever love me. So the fact that friends kind of liked me or had care for me was important to me. Um, eventually I realized that I wasn't happy, right? Like I realized that I was faking it and I'm a very friendly person. So no one that knows me in life would ever believe this is true. Um, and I was depressed. And at the time I didn't know that it was depression. I didn't know. I just wasn't motivated. I didn't like doing anything. And if you know anything about depression, you stay in bed in the fetus position for the most part, and you don't move because you're stuck in your mind. Yet you want to do so much. You're just stuck in your mind. So I didn't know what was wrong with me. Uh, so in 2012, um, I was I went to a seminar. It was like uh, December, December 31st, and we we're writing out our goals, kind of like write down your goals, write down your biggest goals, one that money cannot buy. And the only thing that came out for me is that I wanted to be happy. I didn't know what that meant, but I was obsessed with wanting to be happy because when the lights were off, and there was no one around, I was miserable. Around other people, I could be happy. I was miserable and I hated feeling miserable. And I really didn't want to go through life just being miserable. I was going through the motions. Everything was just so painful. I just wanted to die. And so living was such a painful thing, right? Within a 24 hour period, it was so difficult, right? Like when you make it through the night, which is when you get to close your eyes, it feels like peace because if you're sleeping, you're not thinking. So another thing with depression is I, I forced myself to sleep as much as I could because that's the only time you don't think about how terrible life is. So with wanting to be happy, I didn't know what that meant. And I remember that when we shared our goals, the people in the room that I was with, they kind of looked at me like, okay, like what does that mean? I didn't know what it meant either. I just knew that I wanted to be happy. So I started reading more books uh, related to uh, uh, what is it? Motivation. Like I bought Brennan Butcher's book, The Motivation Manifesto. And in the book, he does talk about the fact that motivation doesn't come to you. You actually have to be active. But so when I first bought the book, I was like, oh, I'm not reading this. <laughs> I'm looking for something to motivate me. This is not working. I'm not reading this. But I read a lot of books and I listened to like Tony Robbins, all those people. So at first it didn't really click. You were just reading the books, really not practicing, not even going back to read your notes. But eventually it does catches up to you. But initially, the journey was just to be happy. I wanted to find happiness any way, shape, or form. And throughout that, then I realized that I had a lot of pain inside of me that I was not feeling. I had no feelings for the most part. Like, I didn't feel love. I didn't feel, I didn't feel anything. So I didn't really process emotion. Even when I was in a relationship, I would read on Yahoo how to be a, a good girlfriend, how to feel love. Nothing. There was no emotion. I felt nothing. I was numb. Um, didn't feel pain, nothing really bothered me. So throughout that process, I started, uh, I call it the purging process where I was crying and I couldn't help it. So eventually, 
you get to the point where you acknowledge something isn't right, but what's going on. I'm already someone who's very focused on myself in terms of what's going on with me. I feel like you have to understand yourself. Like you need to know what's going on with you. You can rely on other people to know what's going on. And like I said, since I was told that something was wrong with me, there was that process of let's get to the bottom of what's really going on with you. Because if I'm sick, if it's that I'm mentally unstable, then I need to figure it out. So through that, of course, I realized, I discovered that I was depressed, which when you know there's an issue, then you can solve the issue. Um, I worked through the happiness part of it. I started doing things like uh, dating myself. Initially, it came from a poem that I wrote. It was a poem that I wrote about, a spoken word poem that I wrote for my friend just to uh, diss him. It was just a funny poem. But at the end, I had said something about dating myself, referring to him. So it, it stuck with me. And I was like, what does that even mean, dating myself? This is funny, but I want to try out this concept. So I started with doing little things that I wanted to do on a date with someone, right? If I wanted to go to the movie, I forced myself to go to the movies by myself. If I wanted flowers, I would get flowers for myself. So I would basically do things that I wanted someone else, like a romantic partner to do for me. And throughout, I know it's a long story. <laughs> throughout that, I eventually dated I'm, I'm happy saying this, my second narcissistic, because I've dated other people before and these relationships are not like any other relationship. This is different, like next level evil. But my second narcissistic was the, it was the same scenario as the first one, but it didn't click for me because I kept thinking, well, maybe, maybe he's not that bad. Maybe he's not the same person. Yet it's almost as if the universe was showing me like the same similar situation were happening, but I couldn't see it. When that relationship ended, what happened out of it is that I kept asking myself, even during the relationship, one time I asked myself, I said, I, I care for my friends and I will never let my friend be in a relationship with someone who treats them the way you treat me. But yet I'm in a relationship with you. What does that say about me? I remember asking him that, of course, he just looked at me. Of course, he didn't care. But I remember just thinking to myself, like, what is wrong with me? Do I really love myself? Because when I got in a relationship with a narcissistic, I was working on being open and actually experiencing emotions. So I was ready to experience unconditional love. I'm sorry, I was ready to give him unconditional love. I wanted to know what it felt like to love someone else because I didn't think that it was possible for me since I was numb. And I got to do that with him. I got to show him unconditional love. I've never, bre I've never been rude. I've never been upset the whole time with him. I was showing him love because at first it felt like, oh, maybe he just needs someone to love him unconditionally. But no, with a narcissistic, the more you love him, the more he treats you terribly. Like you think if you give him more love, he will treat you well. No, he actually takes advantage of that. So when the relationship ended, I was really disappointed in myself. Because what happened in that relationship is that all the things he was doing, intuitively, I knew something wasn't right. I just wasn't aware enough to pull out of the relationship. When you're stuck in a toxic cycle, you actually don't, like, you're in a relationship with someone, you know it's wrong, but yet you can't break up with him. And I'm sure you, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I remember, you know, you pray like, God, please make him be the one. I know he's not the one, but please turn him, make him be the one. Or telling him, the narcissistic, please break up with me because I can't break up with you. Can you believe that? Like, you're so hurt. He's treating you so terribly, but you can't leave because it hurts so bad, but it feels so good, but it hurts so bad and it feels so good because it's a sense of familiarity. He was creating a comfort zone for me. That's how my parents, my adoptive parents treated me. That terrible feeling almost felt good, yet it was painful. 
So I couldn't seem to really break up with him. And it's almost as if he had to do the worst, the worst. He kept pushing, pushing and pushing. Eventually, eventually I was strong enough to leave. And even then he wouldn't leave me. He kept trying to come back into my life. But when the relationship uh, ended, that's when I really had time to really sit down with myself. And I said, what is love? And what does it mean to love someone else? And then I asked myself, but if, if this is what loving someone means, sacrificing yourself for them, and if Jesus died for our sins, why couldn't I sacrifice for myself? Because if love is sacrifice, how come we are so willing to sacrifice for others, but we're not willing to sacrifice for ourselves? And you know, through that relationship, it felt like, here, here we go again, another situation to prove me that no one will ever love me. And um, at that specific moment of my life, because I had been working on being happy, um, I wasn't thinking about suicide as much as I did, but I wanted to be happier. So again, this time around, I decided to focus on dating myself again, but this time a lot deeper and paying attention to my emotions and paying attention to how I'm letting other people treat me. And so I decided that I was going to fall in love with me. So it was just kind of like, well, if there's no one to love me, like I want to be loved, then I'm going to love me the way I want to be loved. Because if I aim to meet a romantic partner and I have standards for him, I like I don't want to ask someone to do something for me that I'm unable to do it for myself. Because I felt like if you rely on someone else to give you what you need, you're always going to be lacking. But then at the same time, it's almost like you're cheating yourself. Like you're asking for people to be honest with you, but you're not honest with yourself. And I feel like in life you do need to be the person that you want other people to be and give the things that you expect like give yourself the things that you expect from others right like don't just ask don't just have uh expectation for others that you're not even meeting yourself and so for me i realized that loving others means loving yourself excuse me so initially the the term self-love i thought i invented it i had never heard it before i never read it in any books because i was like loving yourself self-love so I shared the concept with a few friends. They didn't give me a funny look. They seemed to understand. So I was like, okay, so self-love, it makes sense because we are imperfect human beings. So how do we love? Because another thing was that the Bible says, love your neighbor like you love yourself. And that was one of the things that I was like, wait a second, love your neighbor like you love yourself, but you don't even know how the fuck to love yourself. So if you don't know how to love yourself, it is actually impossible for you to love your neighbor like you love yourself because you don't know what that looks like, which explains why typically in relationship with people, whether it's relationship like friendship or romantic relationship, we are very judgmental. We want them to be a certain way because we don't understand the concept of imperfection. That that's what unconditional love is. It's not loving a perfect person is the easiest thing, right? But we have... Uh, shortcomings and that's part of being human so for me because I am obsessed with loving others and treating them well I also felt like even though <clears throat> I was a good partner to start with I could be better and in order for me to be better there has to be some kind of confidence that comes from within meaning loving yourself and understanding because when you're with other people and they have flaws you can understand it better you're not going to try to change other people because you're confident in who you are love is actually free you don't force people you don't need anything from them you let them be themselves so that's really what it came down to i figure if i love myself enough and understand myself and forgive myself for not, being, for not being perfect, it would be a lot easier to accept other people who have flaws and still love them unconditionally with a pure heart. So this is why the journey started and the journey continues because every day 
you know, not every day, but like you keep discovering things about yourself that you that still need loving because loving yourself, like we say, self love, it's like falling in love with someone every time you discover something new about them. In your twenties, you're different. In your forties, you're different. In your fifties, you're different. So you have to constantly keep falling in love with you, a different version of you, discovering different things about yourself. So the journey continues, and here we are. <laughs> So you guys, I knew I was excited to have her on for this very reason. Yeah, you perfectly described, you know, um, what most people experience in life when they don't love themselves or it's never been shown to them through their primary caregivers, you know, their parents and their family. So this is, you know, the obstacle that people face and their life experiences that they end up in recreating um, those dynamics that were shown to them in their early childhood years. This is, you know, and because that's the only thing they've known. So, um, mm -hmm. and it is a very difficult journey when you embark on self-love when it's never been shown to you. And then, so therefore, so how do you like, how do you know what that even looks like or feels like? Um, how do you even recognize, you know, what you're even doing that is self-sabotaging when we all know, like most self-sabotaging behaviors are very subtle. Um, and you did mention a very important point is paying attention to your thoughts, paying attention to your feelings. So that is definitely the first step. And then you mentioned, you know, you tried to do self-love and then you ended up recreating those toxic relationships again. And then, so you hit the pause button and you went back to, you know, deleting those toxic relationships. And then you went deeper into loving yourself again on a much deeper level. So describe I, um, how you did that. Like, how did you start loving yourself at a much deeper level to really embody love. And I love that you recited um, the Bible, you know, which is pretty much the golden rule. And the Bible is love your neighbor as if you love yourself. And that is a very important point to highlight is that's even in the Bible is as you love yourself, like love your, so, so describe like how, you know, just a few things that you do to start loving yourself on a deeper level. So you mentioned a few things like, how do you even know if you're doing it right? True, truthfully, how do you even know if you're doing it right? You don't, you just keep trying it out because like I said, it's like, it's like being in a, it's like being in a relationship with someone else, except you're in a relationship with you. And so you need to get curious about you and your thought and if you've never done that, it sounds like, oh, I don't want to do it. I just have someone else listening to me. If you don't know who you are, someone is going to step in and tell you who you are. If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. You need to focus on yourself. So one book that really helped me is The Power of Now. When you read The Power of Now, it makes it clear to you that your thoughts are not you. And so when you can actually like hear yourself and hear your thought and start 
yourself like okay what are you doing <laughs> like you're literally just stuck in your mind creating a story that isn't real you know like you create story and you cry over something that hasn't happened because you're stuck in your mind or you're replaying a past event over and over and over again like yes that guy broke uh, broke up with you cheated on you but he's not doing it right now you're recreating the pain over and over again and feeling the pain and crying so paying attention to your thought is so important and i want to highlight this to you because that's the whole paying attention to your thought is so deep I talk to myself a lot. I will talk to myself like there's a friend there. And if something bothers me, I will say it out loud. And that's how I get my thought out. Because when you get the emotions out, you can actually be rational. Sometimes we're upset. So you need to get the emotions out before you can rationally solve the situation. And so I remember one time I was talking to myself, as I often do, and I was crying over a story, over something that happened in a past relationship. And then I heard it and I was like, wait a second, this story isn't even true. This was a, 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 a lie that I created. And that was a story that I was telling over and over again in my relationship, you know, to protect myself. But then I was crying over supposedly whatever. And then I realized, oh my gosh, not only have I lied to them, I've been lying to myself. I've even believed the lie. Do you see the things that we do to ourselves? Sometimes we have to check and say, is this even true? And so when you go back and say, oh my, <laughs> I am full of shit because you need to know that you're lying to yourself. And the thing is, when we lie to ourselves, we don't know that we're lying to ourselves. Sometimes it's a lie that you tell real quick. Within a period of 24 hours, you still know it's a lie. But when it goes too long, you start believing the lie and that becomes your reality. So that's one thing that I wanted to highlight. Loving myself means doing things that align with me. So for example, four years ago, I started really, really focusing on my intuition because it was speaking to me and I couldn't hear it. I wasn't paying attention. And, you know, I do believe in, 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 in a higher spirit. I do believe that there are angels out there because I've experienced it. And um, I've had many of opportunities where I should have not been alive, where I could have died, where I should have died. And yet I'm here, right? So I know that there's someone out there who truly has my back. And because I'm so, you know, loving and whatever, I feel like we need more people on the light side. And I feel like, you know, they're protecting me somehow because maybe I won't be able to see what's coming. Um, so doing things that resonate with you. For example, I started asking myself, what do I like? Like, what makes me feel good? Not what other people like, but what do I like? And so I started doing more of the things that I liked, right? Uh, another thing was um, like doing my nails. I remember I wouldn't do my nails because I was like, oh, I don't have money. I'm not gonna waste money to do my nails, blah, 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 blah. But when you go and have someone do your nails, first of all, they're taking care of you. Someone else is taking care of you. They massage you, they make you feel good. But also you look at your nails, it's like, right it's an investment in yourself and part of it is that i worked all the time i worked all the time i never had money so you're just unhappy you work you don't have money you're unhappy you complain day in day out but what are you doing for yourself what are you investing on yourself knowing that life uh that tomorrow is not a guarantee like why do i have to wait until one day i get the the nice car the money the husband the whatnot to be happy why can't i be happy right now so i started doing little things so i started with doing my nails investing money and be willing to pay for that extra care because it made me feel good you know someone massaging your feet that felt good investing money in massage and uh, giving myself a massage but like i say figuring out what feels right for rose um i'll talk about my hair i cut my hair because being a black african person living in the u.s in some city can be difficult and 
I, I went to a, a place where I felt weird being a black. I've never worried about being a black person. I don't worry about, it. I don't even think about it. I'm just human and that's all I think about until people point out, oh, you're black, blah, 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 blah. But I remember feeling insecure because I braided my hair all the time. And even if I didn't braid it, I would use relaxer chemical to leave it straight, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care for hair. I usually put it in a ponytail. But in this specific, specific situation, I, I thought to myself, beauty is not the length of hair and if it is the length of hair then I'm okay with people not liking me thinking that I'm not beautiful enough I'm gonna have short hair because first of all this is how my hair grows so I don't use chemical on my hair anymore this is how it grows on my scalp that's part of loving you loving what comes with you this is my hair this is what it looks like I am a black African woman from West Africa and I'm proud to be and I'm proud of my hair there's nothing wrong with my hair just because it doesn't look like European standards hair also as a black woman, we didn't have enough product for us. So like a lot of us would be scared to color our hair, which is why we would wear like thick hair because you know you want some color. And, and so for me, this whole process was learning to understand myself, learning to love myself, including my hair and doing different colors to my hair because it's like, as black people, we can do it too, it's okay. So it's just a journey where you're learning to understand yourself. Like everybody wants to love, wants to be loved differently. So you need to figure out your own love language for yourself. Because like I say, if you don't know what you need to feel loved, then how do you expect someone else to come into your life and give you what you need when you don't even know what you need? So it's a process of uh, trials and errors, figuring out what you like. So things that, for example, I didn't like or wasn't really into or would say no to, I may say yes to it just to see how it makes me feel. If I don't like it, I don't keep doing it. I started doing yoga, which as a person, I like fast beat. So yoga was like, oh my God, that's so boring. Who wants to sit there and move slowly? But then when you do it and you feel the benefit, it's like, oh, okay. You know, I did meditation because I was desperate because I, I was desperate and I didn't feel like sitting down and listening to silence. But when I did it and it made a difference, like when I don't meditate, I feel different, right? So once you've actually experienced that state of bliss and peacefulness and calmness, when things are off, you feel it right away. Another thing that I worked on was uh, anger, right? When emotions goes up, intelligence goes down. So I worked on not losing my temper. So I rarely get upset. And if I do get upset, it's by choice. Like I know that I'm upset and I want the other person to know that I'm upset. So I make a power move. Like I'm upset and I'm letting you know just because I'm quiet uh, and peaceful doesn't mean that I'm a pushover. I'm just choosing to be polite. I'm just choosing to be kind, which takes a lot of effort, especially when the other person is being rude. It is not difficult to lose your temper. It's easy, but it's more difficult when the other person is acting up and you have to say, all right, how do we handle the situation? Another thing that I worked on is listening to other people. Even if I'm upset, if someone says something like, you did this to hurt my feelings, it doesn't matter what they've done. I'm going to hear that. They say, you did this to hurt my feelings. That's something I have control over my actions. I can apologize for my actions because I am not perfect. Apology is so important. Being humble is so important. Being able to say, you know what? I was wrong for that. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. It's so important. The other person may not forgive you, but you being able to be clear about it and be pure about it makes a difference. Be intentional about being a kind and loving human being. And I read and I, and I read constantly about how to be kind. It's such a big deal for me. When we want something, we got to be willing to do the work. And this day and age, there's everything on the internet, so many books. If you want to know something, do your research. Of course, make sure that you're not just, you know, reading random stuff on Google, but do your research. So 
for me, it's been a trial and error stage to figure out what's working for Rose because Rose is not Rita. So Rose has to figure out what works for Rose. And once you come to your own understanding of who you are, you have that confidence from within and people won't break you no matter how confident they are themselves. They, they know what they're talking about. You know what you're talking about. We can co coexist in the same space. So what I'll say with that is that definitely put in the work, right? Like um, I have my basics, which include reading. So if I feel really, really, really off, I will look for one of my books that resonate with me. So if I start reading the book and it doesn't feel good, I try a different one. I also have audio books. If that doesn't work, I'll try meditation. If that doesn't work, I'll try motivation. If that doesn't work, I'll try church stuff. Like you, you can feel it. Like I said, when you connect with yourself, you can feel what your body needs. And sometimes if my mind rejected, then I know it's not right for me. Um, sometimes we need silence. I also started working on sleeping. As a little girl, I didn't really get to sleep. I had to be up by a certain time, whether it was school, whether it was during um, weekdays or weekend. And my mom, she would wake me up in a very frightening state. She would always yell. So I used to jump out of bed. I would jump out of bed and I was always afraid. So even when I lived on my own, I would always jump out of bed. I was always afraid and I wouldn't sleep. And if people caught me sleeping, I would lie that I'm not sleeping because I got in trouble at my house for sleeping. And so as a young person, I didn't sleep up until like maybe five years ago and I discovered sleep and man, sleep is good for you. <laughs> These days I even take adult naps, you know, it's like, man, this is good, right? Resting when you're tired. Like I said, taking care of yourself is so important because the stronger you are, the better you are for other human beings. And if you can hear me, my whole idea is to make the whole the world a better place and we make the world a better place by being better right if you want people to be kind to you be kind take the extra step to be kind if you want people to be nice to you take the extra step to be nice if you want people to be compassionate take the extra step to be compassionate we give the world what we want we don't expect the world to give it to us we exemplify what we want to see and changing the world start with one person so if you cannot change the the, 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 the life of a thousand people then change your life because when you're better you treat other people better at the same time someone is always watching radar someone is always watching when you do one thing for someone that person will pay it forward they're going to remember it and they carry it in their heart because you know when you make people feel good they will always remember that and that's a gift that keeps on giving and sometimes someone is watching you and they see you do that and think oh wow that's a nice act let me copy that too so, you know, the whole self-love journey, what I say about it is that there's not a right or wrong way to do it. It just has to be right for you because what do you need? I can't tell you what's right for you, but you need to be willing to try different things at least. Don't try and give up, by the way, because it's not going to work the first time or maybe the second time. And sometimes it's your state of mind, but keep trying and be willing to experience discomfort until you feel good with it. Be willing to go, go outside of your comfort zone. Do things that scare you because you don't grow in your comfort zone. And life is what it is, right? Like if we keep doing things that we're comfortable with, we're not going to know some things. We're not going to know how much we can do. Belief is so important to me. So even when I'm desperate, even when I don't want to believe, oh, I'm sorry, hope. That's what I'm, Hope to me, my definition of hope is that hope is a still voice inside of you that tells you to keep going when you want to give up. So no matter how bad things get, I've noticed that I'm a hopeful person. Like even if I say I give up, I'm such a loser, that small voice stays inside of me and it's so hidden. And so the next day I try again and I try again and I try again. And if I fall, I get up. And if I fall, I get up. And if I fall, I get up. Because if I'm 
alive and breathing, the only thing that's going to stop me is me. Even if it feels difficult, I keep trying because that's the only way you move forward. Mm, that is so powerful. Oh my God, I loved everything that you said. So powerful. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely the self-love expert. Um, so Rose, like if people want to find out more about you, um, where can they go? So currently I use Instagram more than any other app. So Instagram would be a good place. So it would be the happiness warrior, which is D and then happiness warrior. So Instagram would be a good place uh, to communicate with me. Okay, great. And do you have like anything, any freebies, like any e-guides or e-books people can go and download? Uh, do you have a website or anything yes. like that? Yes, so I do have a website where, um, again, thehappinesswarrior.com, where you can go and download a free uh, copy of my ebook. It's my first ebook. Um, when I first started this journey, you can get that. I also offer free discovery calls. So those are like one hour. So if you don't know if self-love is right for you, or if you don't even know what you want, that's something that can help you out. I have venting sessions because as I mentioned before, as I was um, uh, starting my process of healing, I felt like people didn't understand me and it was so difficult to actually be vulnerable and then people judging you saying that you're negative. Sometimes you just need a safe space where you can communicate with other people. And I'm willing to offer you that space because I know what it feels like when you have no one to listen to you. So I do have venting session, like if you just wanted to talk it out before you can figure out what needs to be done. I have self-love um, sessions, self-love courses. And what I do is I adjust it to your liking. So depending on what you're looking for, we can adjust and make a package for you. Okay, cool. So if they, if someone wants to book a discovery call with you, they go on your website and they click on book a discovery call or they email you, like they had their, it's, is it very clear on your website? Like what do they do? Um, the, the easiest way to do it is to go on Instagram and click on the book now button and it will take you directly to my Calendly link. Okay. Um, and that's where you'll be able to schedule um, your call. Yes. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Perfect. I highly recommend anybody who wants to learn how to love themselves more, go to Rose's Instagram and book your discovery call, download her, you know, her freebie, uh, get familiar with Rose. And, um, and also too, you know, it, me and like, happybeingwell.com shares the same mission as Rose products to help care for yourself, love yourself more, feel, you know, nurture yourself, make yourself feel better and value yourself more is truly, truly the keys, the ways to love yourself and, you know, to manifest and attract the relationships that you want in life. Just like what Rose exactly said, you know, how you treat yourself is how others are going to treat you. So this is information. What we discussed here today is so, so vital for the quality of the life that you want to live and what you want to experience in life. It starts with you. So again, this podcast is sponsored by happybeingwell.com your place for high fashion, high style, high comfort, active wear leggings, organic facial masks, organic soaps, organic candles, and 
much more self-care products at happybeingwell.com and subscribe to Happy Being Well's email newsletter for 10% off all self-care products, including free shipping on all items within the USA. So Rose, thank you so much for being here today and pouring into the Happy Being Well's audience podcast. And I'm just so grateful that you, you know, you shared with us and such valuable, valuable information, really, truly. And, um, and everybody who's been blessed by this podcast episode, subscribe and share with your friends and family to pass on those blessings because sharing is caring. All right, Rye Rose, enjoy your blessed weekend and, um, and have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Bye guys. And till next time. Thank you.